0: Yo, what's happening, man? How you doing tonight? Man, this is a little bit of voice I got. Preach your voice away. And you know what happens when preachers walk up and get hoarse? We just preach harder. Preach harder. We're like, look. We're going to make it work. We're going to show y'all how dedicated we are.
1: The devil trying to stop The devil, listen.
0: (laughs) The devil not going to get the victory today. The devil don't want this message to come forth. Listen, I was on that this morning. I was like, (laughs) mics go out. The devil ain't going to get in this mic. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> battery go dead in your car. Devil ain't gonna stop me from getting to work. I'm like, nah, you need to change your battery, Doc. You need to go to the we put the devil in everything. You know, you know the point I made? This is my preaching point of the night. We put the devil in more places than we put God. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. Like the devil is everywhere. You know, if I drop my bags in the grocery stores, the devil. devil. It's the devil. <laughs> we love the it's devil. The devil. <laughs>
1: Evil is good.
0: (laughs) Christians love the devil, boy. They will blame him for anything. They blame him for everything. Hey, Pastor Tatum, everybody, everybody. Good night, good morning, good afternoon, whatever it is. Jeff doesn't know what time it is.
1: I'm so tired. I don't know where. Jeff is on
0: Grace (laughs) and (laughs) Time. Baby Grace doesn't know what time it is, and Jeff doesn't either. Absolutely. Like, share. I'm doing a Twitter share right now. Uh, I want everybody to tap in, share it on your uh, timelines. You know your Black Planets. Tap, 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 tap in your MySpaces. Y'all share this at the uh, NBA All Star Game <laughs> that you're really watching right now. Okay, before we get into, we're gonna. We're, how about we just we'll just talk about sports and black stuff. Let's do it. Do you think the sports leagues are overdoing it with the black stuff? Like they had the HBC, I mean, I'm just saying. We know. I don't think they would have done any of this if it wasn't for the Black Lives Matter movement. And I'm not saying I despise it. I love seeing it. I love seeing it. Yes, we need the good Mother of the Church. Actually, I have some. The Mother of the Church gave me some cough drops. I have some, some cough drops and church mints. Uh, but do you think that? Do you think it's pandering?
1: Can I? Can I give you my honest opinion? Yeah. Can, can we be honest up in here? Go ahead. Be honest, man. Uh, you know, first of all, I did not ask for a black halftime show. Second of all, I did not ask for a lot of these black things. But what I did ask for was uh, reform, okay, prison reform. What I did ask for was, um, you know, uh, the gerrymandering to go away. What I did ask for is the prison pipeline preach. to be addressed. a black history. Preach, um, preach, so, preach. you know what I'm saying? So though, I think what they're giving us is pacifying us,
0: but are you, but, but do we enjoy it though? We I, I, oh, we we, def- we we, we, I'm
1: well, definitely enjoying it.
0: not get paid. no, they didn't.
1: <laughs> but, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, mean, I, me I enjoy it, but I just, I just don't want it to, to be the uh end all of all. I agree that you know, that they did they, 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 they throw us out a biscuit and we feel like we, you know, we are right
0: now, you know, so that's <laughs> my, somebody's gonna say, you know, why don't we have a uh, why don't we have a white school college game now? Just like why don't we have a white history? Because they game? can't
1: play basketball.
0: <laughs> that is correct. But so we didn't ask for it because that's 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 what a lot of people said about Juneteenth. Like we didn't ask for you to make Juneteenth a federal holiday. We asked for reform. Right. But we'll take Juneteenth. Right. And we'll take that holiday. And we and we're glad to see it in the psyche. So I celebrate the fact that there is more. Absolutely. blackness on the main stage which brings us to the main stage of all main stages super bowl super bowl what did you think about the super bowl halftime show because apparently there is a a, a game that happened during the super bowl halftime show A what there was a game that happened somewhere around the, the halftime show <laughs> cuz it felt like the whole production was about the show and the game was like secondary <laughs> so what did you feel about the doctor dre west coast well, I mean, that's my era. Obviously, you know, I love it.
1: I, I have no problem with it. He's a seawalk. You know, I, I, you know, I will do my seawalk. Get my
0: seawalk right. He seawalked into uh, my house <laughs> back during the Super Bowl. <laughs> and then my dad jumped up and started joining us. No I'm <laughs>
1: uh, The one thing I will say, the one thing I will let me let me let me say this first of all, I love this halftime show. Second of all, what I'm gonna say is, all y'all get off my man fifty. Get off fifty. Get off it. Get this shit, man dude. got millions and millions. He don't care about his physique no more. I mean, you know, take it from somebody who used to be built.
0: <laughs> take it from somebody who used to be built. He's eating good. We should be happy about you know that. I'm, hey. He's eating know. good. I mean, that means he's been, you know, in other cultures, the bigger you were, you know, Listen,
1: Snoop didn't look like the little crackhead that he look like when he was when he first came out.
0: Like an old crackhead. <laughs> He's still skinny, though.
1: But, you know, he got got a little belly now.
0: Snoop is starting to look like Javar from Aladdin.
1: (laughs) He's starting to look
0: like Javar. You should have played him. You know, I mean. (laughs) I liked it. But I couldn't show how much I liked it because my dad was sitting right next to me. (laughs) And so dad was like. I don't know none of these folk. And I'm like, me either. I don't know these people either, Dad. No, it was cool. He sat through it. Marlon, you're right. He, he repped for all the dad bots. All the dad. We we here. We here, baby. We here. 50. 50. 50. <laughs> so does that mean Mary J. Blige was repping for all the auntie bots? <laughs> <laughs> I love Mary. I love Mary. But what she is, is she not the ultimate auntie, though? And she's the flyest auntie. Yes, she is. Yes, she is. She, and she didn't do her dance. She didn't do it. That, that was disappointing. Now, that was disappointing to me. I wanted to see her do one of her wild bootstomp dances with the kick. Yeah, absolutely. And she didn't quite get there. She didn't quite get the, the Mary J. Blige Holy Ghost like she normally gets in her performances. It was too small. She would have fell off the house.
1: When she fell at the
0: end, though, I was scared.
1: I was not like, not that. <laughs>
0: Now I just feel like somebody said we should make Mary do this so we can have a, a new meme, cause cause that's what we have now. Yeah, absolutely. we have a new meme now, and it's Mary slayed out. <laughs> and some of these memes were not appropriate, but they they were Mary slayed out. And uh, so I thought it was. <laughs> she said, "Thank God, all of New York was glad she did." All of new York was glad. <laughs> new York was holding its breath the whole time. Don't do it, Mary. So I'll say I'm always glad to see black culture on there. Of course, we all know who's going to hate the halftime show. Absolutely. We all know. There were angry MAGA hats everywhere, all over Giuliani, Giuliani's still mad that, Giuliani um, is mad. you know, M uh, took a knee. Uh, so we don't even know what the knee truly represented. It's a debate at this point. Was it Tupac? Was it? Black lives, you know, th- a little I bit mean, of everything. I, th- I think it
1: was a little bit of everything. I mean it it made sense. It was it, it, it's where it started at,
0: you know, right. with, with the
1: football, right. with, with Kaepernick. It's where it started at. And, and and it's I think it's appropriate. And I think it was it was time appropriate for that for that season. Kendrick so.
0: went hard. Kendrick went hard. I love Kendrick. I don't know what Ooh.
1: he he is Ooh. doing, he's doing his thing. Man.
0: I would invite Kendrick to do praise and worship at my church if he if he does that. <laughs> I'm dead serious. I'd probably get away with it. I could probably get away with that. I couldn't, but yeah, you could. Because, you know, even when we have like our Christian rappers, they don't know what they're saying anyway. They absolutely. You ever know. had little boys in your church do like Christian raps and Come stuff? On, my my son-in-law. Your son? <laughs> Come on. Aaron, you know, mm-hmm. more Aaron. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. They don't know what he's saying. They just be like, all right, baby. I, <laughs> amen, you. amen. Let God use you. Here's what I like to say. For all the people that complain or say it's too sexual or promoting drug culture or whatever, why is sex, drugs, and rock and roll okay when it's white people? Because all that is is our version of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. It's what it is. You're supposed to be sexy. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, they're talking about doing drugs. Maybe it's just white people don't talk about selling drugs. White uh, people just talk about doing drugs.
1: And eating, biting snakes off piss off snakes. <laughs> it, you know, I
0: mean... Ozzy right, so I mean, if loaded. they can
1: do what they do, ACDC, let, just, let us do what
0: we do. It's safer because it's them, man. Pour some sugar on me. What? You never heard that? No. I ain't. I, 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 Tony, I, I my favorite mom Pour me. some sugar on me. Uh, you gotta go to the white school like we did. Yeah. Y'all. I got no idea this. what y'all talking man, about. Pour listen. some sugar on me. If you go <laughs> up, if you go up with these white people, you come back to the hood and be like, "This is tamed in a mug." Man. Cause they just out there taking their mama's real pills from like the actual doctor right out the IV right. and just just craziness. So I say celebrate. I don't want to see it every year and you all know it's got to be Country Western Extravaganza next year. I mean, oh, you might as well yeah. just get ready. It's going to be you know, they already had Tom Petty, but what was cool, though, Mike's saying and, something. And, and how you could tell it made an impact because nobody's talking about the commercials. Commercials were pretty Everybody's
1: whack. Talking about that.
0: And we don't have time to talk about the commercials, but I'll just say that We're going to look back on these crypto commercials the same way we were looking back on those dot com commercials from 99 and 2000. We're going to be like, what were we thinking? Because they had one commercial, it was just a a code bouncing on the screen, and you were supposed to scan with your. To who? It was the most creative. My grandma was confused. (laughs) She said, My grandma called Time Warner and said, Something's wrong with my TV. It was the most creative. <laughs> it was creative, but again, I think it's gonna turn into, and I'm gonna have a whole other conversation. And we,
1: and we do, we need to have a whole nother cut. Whether it was it was the cryptocurrency or uh, McDonald's buying stuff in a
0: multiverse. I mean, it's like I still need McDonald's to bring back the Calvin commercial before Black History Month is Snoop over. Got, Snoop got Snoop got ribs job. in a multiverse. I mean, Snoop I'm like, ribs, how do
1: yeah. I mean, I'm. Can we buy something in there? Can 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 religiously incorrect buy something in the multiverse? Electric,
0: uh, electric vehicles are, are here to stay. All the, all the commercials were for electric vehicles, so maybe the maybe the valley is back. Uh, maybe if they open one up in Lawrence I I support it. I'm not gonna fall apart the first day. <laughs> <laughs> all right, y'all. You know what time it is? It's time for meme of the week. We're not going. We're there. right there. meme of the week. Meme of the week. I- Welcome to Religiously Incorrect, ladies and gentlemen. Memes of the Week. (laughs) Memes of the Week. Thank you. Send us your Memes of the Week. Memes of
1: the Week. Memes of the Week. These are all jokes. We are just playing.
0: That was a part of the Super Bowl show, too. (laughs) All right. When your mom includes info about you and her testimony that you didn't want people to know about, <laughs> I thank God. Cause little teacher used to wet the bed. I prayed for him.
1: <laughs>
0: he came home and he was itching down he there. Was itching to the doctor. God is good, y'all. I can't talk because I be, I be. My kids are like my go-to in my sermons now. Yes, they have to sit there and take it, but there there is a such thing as too much testimony. Absolutely, there's a such thing as too much. That's why we don't testify anymore because people just tell too much, and we have to we have to literally cut the mic, cut the mics. We have to pull them off. You know, we have to pick people to testify. Did you see the one video of a woman testifying about all the sex acts she used to do? Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I can't repeat that, but. That's also on us, because if you know somebody's not all the way there, why give them the mic? I'm,
1: because it's testimony time. You can't, yeah. you can't stop them. You can't, yes, you, you can. Lo- yes, you, you can. You can't. You can't just be like, no, nah, you ain't allowed to testify. To yes, that. you can.
0: Marlon said he was a victim. He said he had all the St. James looking at me. like he was <laughs> <laughs> All the St. James was looking at him. Marlon, St. James looked at all of us like we were sinners. <laughs> One time, I went to a church as the guest preacher, and they looked at me like I was the center.
1: <laughs> I y'all, was the guest. Y'all come on off the back here and see the y'all center. Come on the
0: back. <laughs> Listen, I'll never forget. I tell the story all the time. When me and Tony went to a church, and I will not call the name of the church, and they had a guest preacher, and that man, we walked in with sweatshirts and they were like nice the nice sweat. they weren't hoodies they were sweatshirts and jeans and this dude saw us come in and we were the only ones not dressed like saints and he went in on us for like 10 minutes and it was like christian y'all need to be saved and i'm so glad these young men came in the back because they need to hear this message and the preacher had to tap him on the shoulder was like that's brother todd and brother tony that's pastor johnson's sons they're ministers at their church and it was just him profiling the church uh, is profiled. Wow, profiled. We were profiled. You
1: were profiled.
0: I need to tell my story on lifetime. <laughs> yeah, you know were racially <laughs> racially attacked. profiled. I was I was spiritually profiled. Wow, I was spiritually profiled. So that that's real. When when you are a parent, and parents don't mean to do it, because now that I'm a parent, I say stuff, and I'm like, okay, I probably shouldn't have put my kid out there like that, you know. But I buy him ice cream, and it's okay. <laughs> at least we didn't like put them on the altar and stuff and scream at them.
1: Yeah. My wife has always told me I, I say way too much and I use way too out. use the get, family too yeah, much. Yeah. I use the family too yeah. much. But hey, it's, yeah. it's
0: my, it's my truth. It's it's your truth. It's my truth. It's time to tell your story. <laughs> uh, so check it out. If you want to send us the meme. Now, now here's what I will say. We all see the same memes on Facebook. So make sure yours is good. Send us a good one. Cause You know, there's a good chance we already saw it. So don't be, uh, you know, uh, disappointed if we don't put yours up. But you can send your memes of the week to our Facebook, Instagram inbox or email us at religiously incorrect podcast at gmail.com. I wonder how many emails have gone to a misspelling of that of the world's longest email. (laughs) We probably had like Kirk Franklin emailing us (laughs) at the wrong email. But it is what it is. Uh, Let's move on and thank our sponsors and welcome our guests. First of all, we thank Phillips Care. For being sponsors, the cleaning service, they do residential and commercial floor, basic cleaning, deep cleaning, carpet upholstery. Call my man, Fernando. He's not only a classmate, but a peer, and he's doing a proud blight business. Check him out, 330-219-7916, or on Facebook. And while you're at it, snow is starting to melt. You might as well start thinking about your lawn. Get that lawn plan ready for the summer. Get those leaves raked. Get those hedges done. Call Phillips Care Lawn Services. Lawn care starting at $30. They've been in business for over 10 years. This cat was working when we was in sixth grade. <laughs> he was working. Call Fernando. He's been a worker. Look up Phillips Care on, on uh, Facebook. Uh, Phillips Care LLC. Tell him Religiously Incorrect sent you. You will not get a discount, uh, but tell him anyway. If you'd like to be a sponsor of Religiously Incorrect, send an email to the world's longest email, religiously incorrect podcast at gmail.com or inbox. As a matter of fact, we have a sponsor sign-up form now, and we're going to be posting it up this week so that if you'd like to be a sponsor on this show as we build our audience, you can be a part of it. We're so excited for our guest. She's Warren's very own soul sister.
1: Yes, yes, yes.
0: Now, my auntie, Jenny, is soul sister number one. Okay, my Aunt Jenny is soul sister number one. You can't take that away from her. Uh, that's, that's my militant auntie and I love her. But uh, Leah is a wonderful, wonderful person. Uh, go ahead and delete that mic. Thank you. Uh, Leah is, is, is a wonderful individual who, who's definitely been in the struggle. Uh, she, she's intelligent, gifted. She works as an assistant principal and as an all around advocate and educator in our community and uh, doing big things for our generation. We always say that new generations need to step up. She's definitely one of them. And our show today is called It's Complicated. It's Complicated. I had a church mother once who joined Facebook. And under the relationship status, she put it's complicated. <laughs> Not a church mother. <laughs> it was Sister Mamie. It's complicated. I said, it's too old for you to be complicated. <laughs> if you and Willie <laughs> Earl don't get it together, <laughs> if you and old Willie don't get it together, ain't ain't gonna be ain't much time left, but we're talking the tension, and y'all excuse my voice y'all say I'm a little hoarse here, so he gonna cut my mic up but uh, the tension between the black church and the black culture yes, because things are not what they used to be, and we need to talk about it so would you all in religiously incorrect land, welcome Ms. Leah Dotson to the show up what's up
1: hey
2: hey
0: how you doing doing? happy black history month to you i know it's
2: winding down ain't it
0: it is it is it is but but we're gonna keep it moving i want to thank you leah did a wonderful presentation uh, with andrea hudson and terry west about special education in the black community with our children ieps 504 plans and she did that three weeks ago for us thank you again for that uh, we've been getting great, positive feedback. I know you got some stories about people that have reached out to you. So just plug in, go to Second Baptist Church Facebook page or YouTube page and check out those videos about special education, insurance, life insurance, that is. And yesterday we did employment. But Leah, tell us a little bit about you. Just tell us a little bit about, you know, your your journey. And we want the short version, we want the testimony version, you know, just just <laughs> what you do, what inspires you, and what your outlook is, you know, Considering our black culture
2: um, I don't know I mean uh, born and raised born in Ohio um, so I guess since we're talking about you know religion, I always say whether people agree or not I always say like I think one of the best things my parents did was they didn't beat church over my head because it allowed me to kind of grow into what I thought from my own with like kind of void of 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 like Doctrine, and that was for me that might not be for everybody else, but that was definitely for me um and happenstance I actually because I was allowed to kind of grow into it, I actually joined church when I was like fourteen um and joined church on my own but we we were not we was not the church family, but I still always kind of you know I was drawn to it um joined the church when I was fourteen um I guess my my role as like who I am as far as my people. I just had good parents. I mean, I just credit my parents with everything. Like we had the whole sit down, eat dinner as a family. And my mom was militant. I had a militant mother and a loving, Mm -hmm. kind of love everybody father. So I heard them debate the evening news and my mom was militant. My dad was love everybody. So it it, it informed a lot of who I was. So I've always kind of grown up, kind of um, more socially aware than I think my peers. So at an early age, it's just been who I was. And then I went to school and I was like, you know, first generation college kid. I'm like, you know, immediate college kid. I mean, I had my auntie, but, you know, I didn't know anybody who in my house. And so I was like, what do I go to school for? And I was like, I'm black. I like black people. I'm gonna go to school for black studies. (laughs) (laughs) right. (laughs) And went to school for Pan-African studies and got into community development, community organizing. And then transferred that into my most recent career of education. And
0: um, that's where I'm at. Awesome. Awesome. You made a comment that just segues us right into the conversation for tonight. And for all of you watching, our conversation is centering around the intersection of the black church. And I want to say modern black culture, because traditionally, or at least most of what we consider uh, historic black culture, from basically our time over here and let's just be honest, introduced in a large part to this Westernized Europeanized version of Christianity, and yet still making it our own in a way, we have looked at the black church and the black culture as synonymous. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we're finding in this day and age is that they are not so much the same anymore. There is more distancing. Uh, Leah's experience appears to be the experience of many more people But you said something about they didn't beat me over the head with religion. And I think I just talked to an older brother, won't say his name. And he basically was like, my mom threatened me. Go down there. It's your time to get baptized. You 11, go down there. And I am afraid that there are probably a lot more people that want to admit it, that their faith was at least initially based on some adult saying it's time. Absolutely. Almost like rite of passage. And I don't want my kid to be the one looked at as a heathen as they're getting into middle school or this or that or whatever and pushed. So you said you weren't pushed. It wasn't beat on you. But was there openness, openness and respect? Was there a, a negative view of church or like this pushback against religion in general? And what do we call forcing these days? Is it just saying, hey, our family goes to church? Hey, this is what we do. Or is it like really beating, beating? You better believe what I'm saying. Or is it at least "Hey, this is what we do and where we go? So what would you consider forcing? I'm just asking from your perspective. And what would you consider engaging maybe, or just saying, hey, this is our family tradition and what we do. Uh, Where do you think the line is drawn? Um,
2: I think the line is drawn with, and I don't know, I can only speak from my experience, but I think there's a definite line drawn in the aspect of not questioning. So I didn't grow up in a household that... um, that we didn't go to church, but it it was not like, like I had an amazing aunt who was like a phenomenal woman of God, just preacher extraordinaire. So I always had her in my life too. That just wasn't what we did. It, It felt more, um, I think the way that I grew up is that we knew that there was a God and it was talked about, but it we, we were relieved of dogma. Like we didn't do the whole, we didn't just grow up with a lot of dogma, but we were like the Easter kids. Like we would go to school, we go to church on Easter and Mother's Day, but we didn't go to church any other day. But I think the the, the, the factor that allowed for me to kind of grow was that we were always allowed to question. It, it wasn't taboo. Um you know, even when we asked, when I asked my father, you know, why don't we go to church? Because we black and you know, black people, that's our culture is to go to church. Like that's something that, you know, even though that's not how I grew up, this it still makes no sense to abandon it and have a weird view of what our history is within it. But even when I asked my father, he was crystal clear that his came from trauma. He didn't force his kids to go to church because of some trauma he experienced um in the church. And he said he just wasn't gonna subject his kids to that. But it wasn't like we just didn't know God or that we were atheists growing up but he was very clear. And I mean, that had to be some deep trauma. And then he told me about it. It's some deep trauma for him to, you know, say he's not subjecting his kids to, to, to church, but that's, that's what we grew up in. And and my father is a, anybody who knows my dad, know he is an amazing person, but it's just something that he, our parents, we were very open and we were allowed to explore that on our own.
1: Hmm. So 14 years old, you finally went uh, on your own and, uh, Obviously, I don't know what church you went to and we're not naming grace any churches AME. okay grace AME. all right all right all right <laughs> but um what was your what has what was your experience of it and um what do you think about church right now?
2: I loved it I went to grace and me um and um Loved it. I actually went for for a boyfriend because my boyfriend was heavy into church at the time, <laughs> and well, his mother.
0: sense. <laughs>
2: yes, and his mother, who is like still my surrogate mother, a wonderful woman, extraordinary, like an angel in my life, Mrs. Williams. She was heavy into church, and honestly, and I think that's where I get my my worldview. So again, I guess to your point, I honestly, just this is just me. God works through, so heavy through people. I still don't place the, the biggest emphasis on God or Christianity or anything on buildings or structures just because I recognize that the God and people is what always got me through. So Mrs. Williams, I saw her light show so bright. I, she was the first person that I saw that was like not mystic like my aunt, just keeping it real. Like she made church so real to like whatever you was going through. And she just was, we, we talked about everything and she always knew how to bring religion into like you know, you going through some depression. You sad. You hurt. You got to get over that. So she, she, you know, joy. She, she, she made it real, and still was able to be. You know, she was just the first person I saw who was real about it, and it, and it drew me. And I went to Grace, Sammy, and I stayed there throughout my whole, you know, until I was like maybe twenty-two years old. And then I went to college and came back and was like. Mm. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right. yeah, there, there's, right. there's a transition oh, and, yeah. just, and before there, we get into that, that transition, transition i just want i want everybody to know i know pastor todd's uh dad is a pastor and he grew up in the church he wouldn't be in the church right now if it wasn't for Shamika. So don't 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 let him fool.
0: <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen. If it wasn't for Lady Shamika, he would not be. Here. I played that organ extra hard when I went to Shamika. <laughs> I love it. No, I love that, and I think that's a typical testimony, and even the the, the college experience yes, when you are yes. exposed to ideas in some frame or another, and your framework of how your mind works. And honestly, there's nothing wrong with being in that protective cocoon for a season of time because you do need to be molded and you need to be surrounded by certain values and traditions and even disciplines and routines that would anchor you. I think that's helpful. I do think that it is said and it is true to a point that there are some people who are just like, this is what you do because you're black. If you believe in God, you must do X, Y and Z even if x y and z is not explicitly commanded because it's the way we express ourselves and it's the structure we've created to be close to God we expect everybody to come to that particular structure and i don't mean physical structure i just mean structure of the way we pattern ourselves on the flip side then you do have the physical structure where the church is synonymous with the building and I struggle when people uh, kind of and, and, and Leah explains her feelings. A lot of people are more on a tack line, like almost snarky, like I'm going to church because the church ain't the building. And I'm like, yeah, uh, you know, I get it. You don't need a funeral home to say goodbye to your loved one either, but you about to call Sterling, so or
2: well, you should. I, they don't stop supporting. Well, let
0: me not right. Let's get on that. <laughs> but, but but the other side is that. The church has provided infrastructure to the black community. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's the only infrastructure. And I think one of the parts of the modern tension, and I feel like it as sort of a bridge figure. And Jeff and I are more like bridge figures because we're old enough to remember the old and we've been trained by the older ones, is that I think there's a bit of an offense from people like, yo, we built all this for us, and now us don't want to be here. Right. Like black hands built this, this, there was a time where this was all we had. And sometimes I'm a little tense between my more militant brothers and sisters who say things like integration harmed us, or there are some certain downsides, I guess you could say to integration and that, the, the interdependency, the need for an independent space. We need our own this. We need our own that. And I'm like, yo, bro, we got our own church and you don't go there. Like, <laughs> how, how are you going to go to your own grocery store, your own school? And so I think really, and again, it does come back to that automatic Christianity that everybody's Black supposed to be Christian. But we we are like, but this is about the only thing that is still in existence strong, as weak as it is these days, is the Black church. And do you see a need to at least respect that reality or at least continue or find ways to, in a healthy manner, continue that? How does that fit in the 21st century when we can go anywhere and do anything, at least supposedly? So, I mean, I
2: don't know. I think, like, because I don't know, um... I guess I had to just take it a step back to me personally, just because I kind of went through every stage in that development as possible outside of like that hurt stage. But I think there's stages in which people go through like this whole process of abandoning the church or whatever, but people get stuck on stage like free and never elevate past it. So I think that like, once people like come into like whatever feelings that they have about what, why they're not going to church or, or, you know, um, accepting some our culture as opposed to church so you know you hear things like you know some things that are maybe traditional African or or just just being more in touch with our culture or seeking like things that are spiritual spiritual and not so much um in line with the church They go through these stages and and one of the stages is like you feel like I was lied to because it wasn't you know I feel like you know There was more out there. Like I hear you say all the time, the Bible can't be your only book. Like you gotta incorporate some other stuff in your worldview, or else you know you. And I think people get disenchanted because they like you know now I'm hearing all this other stuff in college, and it never jive with. It's not jiving with what what I was told in the church, and that makes people angry and hurt, and then they move into abandoning, and they take that hurt out on the church, and folks just get stuck there, right? (laughs) So they just get stuck in that 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 area of just being mad and angsty. And just wanting to lash out, and then you have other people that just want to want to say stuff because it makes them sound revolutionary, and they have no depth in the thought in what they're saying. So, and I think like once you move past that stage, that initial that initial stage, you look at things more holistically and looking at the church for what it actually is historically and practically. Because even if you move into that thing where you're 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 more spiritual. That people focus so much on the message, or they miss the message. So even, and I challenge people all the time, and it's just like even if you you have that that relationship or whatever about church, are you listening to the message? Because there's there's beauty and there's a real message in anywhere that you're at. So there it shouldn't be that type of anti feeling. It's just it's it's just people get stuck and they just want to you know create buzz lines instead of like being practical. The church is still our biggest power base uh, in in our community. Um, and, and I think that there's organic ways, you know, I see second Baptist do it where there's, there's ways to reach out across the aisle and just realize everybody's not coming to be a Christian, but at the same time, everybody can still come under the same umbrella for the same things. And I think there has to be more of that kind of reaching across the aisle and bridging those gaps, um, to move forward. But I mean, just recognizing where people are at with it, but, but yeah, I think, I think people just get stuck in stage two and they never progressed past it and unfortunately uh-huh. that's the type of vitriol that we see when we look on Facebook and we see that angsty just fussing about the church and it then when you dig deeper it's like no deeper than taglines like if you really get them into talking about like what what is the problem and what it what what, what okay you abandoned Christianity but what do you what do you feel about God and where, where are you at where is your life is your life enhanced that much more because now you don't go to church like what is it That is that is pulling you away. And what is you replacing it with? And they can't go no further than that. It's just a way to make themselves feel better either about themselves or either they just they just clout chasing. Like, I mean.
1: But is it is there a is there a truth to a lot of what. Some of these people are saying that in antiquity, the church, especially in particular in the black community, is not the church. Of, oh, we are not doing, and I'm not saying all of us. Obviously, we know Second Baptist, myself, there are various churches who are, but is there a truth to the fact that, um, you know, community organizing, you know, activism, uh, the church, being being the powerhouse in the community being black. black being
0: black is not There's too a, many black churches that act like they're afraid of the word <laughs> we're black. not doing anything yeah. anymore you're right i'm like why are you afraid of the word the white folk ain't coming <laughs> <laughs> you're black you are a black church in a black community so maybe that to bounce off jeff's question i think are is the modern culture even looking for that do they really want does it really matter to them And I guess there's a pastor in every city or three or four. That's like, yo, but I'm doing all the work and you still ain't coming. So Mm -hmm. was it really about the justice? Was it really about opening the doors? You know, was it really about that? You know, is that from your perception and conversation or would people just rather pursue spirituality on their own terms and not even be associated with the church? Or is it because they're just such a toxic, you know, uh, image Because we talk about the traditional church and its role, and we know many of our churches are not playing that role. They're just kind of having services or competing to be who can be the modern, the hippest, the this, that, and the other. But does going back to the model of the activist church or the community-centered church, does that actually pull a new generation into seeing that that could be an important part of their lives?
2: both and i think i think there's a segment of us that's just going to talk and just not i mean you know we was out there doing stuff and and raising heck and you know being community activists and church folk or not it was 10 of us so how many people are really truly interested in 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 social justice anyway like that's i mean again i think people do a lot of talking and not a lot of moving and i also think people just don't like accountability so um I, I'm I'm not sure if I if if I think that you know there are there is a group of people that no matter what they just not gonna move because that's just it just is what it is to be kind of anti and and that's okay but I do absolutely feel that you didn't know there is also a lar- a larger population that's more like in our age group that's saying if it is not relevant to what's going on or if it looks like it's impotent in any way we don't. We are not attracted to that. We're just not. Right. Um, yeah, we're 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 just not a generation who who's attracted to the same message. So unless the message is is um, you know can coincide with what it is that we're seeing in, in everyday life, it's just like how does it add value? How do, how does it add right. value? So I
1: understand. the the problem I have is with the these the ones who are uh, the well what I, what I like to call street pastors where they get the crowd where they can you know call up a bunch of people and they come outside and they'll they'll say you know such and such died. let's have a prayer vigil and this and that but they won't involve the church who actually has the tools and the means to make a difference and is it because once again the churches aren't doing that activism or they just feel like you know they're better off, and a lot of these people are not well spoken. And I no, no disrespect to them, but they're not well spoken, and so you know they don't get they don't get the attention of the of the mayor of the city council yeah, of yeah. those because what they're saying is more more street talk than it is uh, what we're what we're actually looking for to get things accomplished. So those type of people, I mean, what do you think about those type who just? You know, they, they want to have these street meetings and they want to
0: have, you know, this and that, but they don't want to involve. It us. feels like people are trying to have church without church. Exactly. Like it is it, like a trend. Like we're going to have this empowerment brunch. We're going to have this. We're going to have that. And we're going to do everything you would have did <laughs> in church <laughs> at Braceville Baptist. <laughs> but we go going to do it at Illusio's. And I don't know. Uh, it, it feels weird. Like. I don't know, because we, we contend with that a little bit because we get the calls, what Jeff is talking about. And we walk up and we're called almost like we're a public official because we're a pastor. Right. And then we walk into an atmosphere and we're like, what is going on? Who is this person that just says, my name is Prophet Jones and I know the family. And, and you're just like, but the people. And I know this get ugly. They don't know what legitimacy looks like.
1: That's, yeah, that's the right word. And right? I'm not saying there's some hierarchy
0: to, I got a degree, so I'm legitimate and real. But literally, people can just put on like the prayer hat for like two seconds. And a lot of people will just follow that track. And that person might not have anything of substance to offer in the long run. They're just kind of there because they're somebody's cousin.
1: Right. I guess that's
0: what you're absolutely dealing with do you see that like as a dynamic like people in our day especially the younger ones will just kind of run to anybody that's talking spiritual in 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 a moment especially grief obviously
2: um i guess i think i think there's a lot of people who know how to speak the language of 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 for better lack of better words the streets right so i think i think there are just people who just in that instance and in that moment because we're very reactionary in in situations like that um right. but as mm-hmm. we see all the time we have a problem with sustaining and sustainability so you find in those moments you find people who, who know how to speak the language and and speak that language of emotion and and all of that so you you do find people that will 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 you know get that type of attention for the moment but but the sustainability which is you know foundation is, is 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 missing. Um but I think just to be honest, if we you know be having honest conversations, I'm not sure if the masses are seeing it. You know what I mean? So as far as um coming into like 2022, that whole you know, build it and they will come, they just not gonna come to church. Unless we figure out a way to like broaden the reach meet people where they at and i know that's a that's kind of a buzzword to meet people where they at but we ain't talking about putting tents on the corner and having revival thank you right. right say that again Absolutely. say that
0: again for the that's, people in the back
2: yeah that's not that's not we don't respect that because we're not coming you just gonna have your church members on the corner in the hood that's not what come on, what happened come on, come on so we we not talking about you know just throwing up a tent in the hood and bringing some hot dogs that's not what we're talking about um, when we say that we don't see it, we don't see that we don't see it. So it has to be really authentic ways that you weave yourself into, into the community in order for, you know, you to get that respect. Because what, what we will say is, is that even though that person may not be articulate, maybe that, 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 that 14 hour corner store, I mean, corner uh profit is not, you know, articulate but he's there that's they people he he's he's with true, them true you know what i mean he's in the community he knows things about the community that you know we don't you know or somebody else wouldn't or or a pastor may not so unless you are unless that church is involving themselves in the community in an an authentic way not that old savior you know Come to the hood. That, that that's condescending, to be honest. Like it's just like we know you don't live here. Don't come and bring our kids. No hot dogs. We gonna take them and eat them. But at the same time, we that's not, <laughs> not
0: <laughs>
2: that's not translating into any authentic relationship. So unless unless you have a relate, it's just like with anything else. Unless there's a relationship, there's there's you're just not gonna net those results. So um, but but the thing is, I think, I think we have to do a better job of. Um, Again, like tying those gaps. There's a place for, for that person that that's that's you know connected to the people in the way that the pastors may not be, and it's a way for them to bridge that gap. But too, it's too much rhetoric and too much um it's too many memes and too much rhetoric, and, and there's this this there's this age of anti-intellectualism that extends all the way into the church. So it's cool not to go to college and it's cool not right. to be a part of, right. you know, Christianity. And it's cool. Like these things are cool now because it, it, I, I feel like they like self-esteem boost in a way where it's just like, I have a place where I don't have to feel bad because I didn't do these things. And now I'm gonna tell everybody who did do these things that y'all y'all whack because y'all go to the white man's church and follow a white man's wow. schooling and all of this, yeah, all of this mess. But I mean, that's just, I think that's reflective of, of sometimes other people's self-esteem. in in situations and not reflective of of really deep thought on what these community dynamics look
0: like. I I agree wholeheartedly. And I, and I mean, it can come off cynical coming from a pastor, but I am a product of my culture as well. I'm a product of this social media experiment that we are all rats in right now (laughs) and have been for some 10 years. And I see a lot of crowd chasing and clout chasing. And the fact of the matter is, we're seeing almost a flip. It used to be you chased the crowd and you chased the clout into the church. Now you're chasing the crowd and the clout out of the church. A million people, you asked my secretary who's been there for almost 50 years, a million people joined Second Baptist because it was the place to be. You just joined the church and showed up and got your name on that roll. And that's why every family, you know, in some way or another traced itself through our church. And people would just join literally because you couldn't be somebody or seen as legitimate unless you were a member of somebody's church. Now that online clout chasing is still happening. Where I feel like people are repeating, like you said, the rhetoric, the memes, the cliches, the clapbacks. You know, I, I saw, and we, we talked about this with, uh, what's the little rapper's name, the Old Town Road dude. Uh, Lil Nas I X. Yeah. So I, I've <laughs> seen this meme and hilariously, a couple of my members actually shared it. The only sin y'all ever talk about is gay people. The only sin y'all ever talk about, and I'm sitting here like, I'm 39 years old and I literally cannot remember the last time I heard a sermon about homosexuality. I'm not saying there ain't some cats still out there doing it. I'm not saying that. But it's been a minute. The tide has turned. People are not getting up there to talk about "Mm, Adam and Steve and blah Ain't nobody saying that no more. So I'm like, where are you hearing this at? Who is saying this?
2: Because let me let me let you know. So, yeah, we
0: over here we are are gays in the corner. We 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 give more legitimacy
2: to it. So here's the thing. So it's a lot of woke folk who 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 are very much homophobic. And the crazy part is, you find these same woke folk that are extremely homophobic. And as soon as you bring up homophobia, they go right back to that Bible. And it's just like you know. Them is the ones that I see pushing the homophobia more than I've been in any church. I, I, I mean, it's it's the same it's the same kind of hoteps that are very much like the queen, goddess, mother. Uh, you know, the black woman is God. Um, you know, homophobia is not a black people; it's a white man's thing. And I'm like, mm, you don't know your culture, but right, um, but right. still, it's just like that is pushed way more in the woke community. And what I've seen it thus far in the church. So this is this is the problem that we have. I think that there's the narrative and then there's the truth. And I think that, yeah, yeah. you know, there has been some very, very specific and some very, very real things that the church really does have to take into account. if If we want to be able to juxtapose black culture with, you know, what's going on in the church and Christianity, because there are definitely some gaps that people are not going to be able to get over as far Absolutely. as like, you know. When when something is brought up, you can't. We there's no longer being able to live in. Um, well, God is mysterious, and mm-hmm. you can't question because you ain't supposed to know. No, nope, that's gonna turn you know because we're gonna question, and it's okay to have these deeper conversations and not you know and and really dig into them. Since everybody want to be a Bible scholar, dig into those conversations. Sometimes it's Absolutely. not to be. Had well, I,
0: well, I want to interject into that because. I think that's another one of those sayings that aren't wholly accurate anymore, but because they were so prominent. Like, we all know what it's like to grow up in the don't question God <laughs> era. Don't question. And, well, there's just some things we don't understand. Ask Jesus when you go to heaven. You know, I'm going to ask him all my questions. I mean, I heard people say that. I'm going to ask him all my questions. But the fact of the matter is, I've even watched older seasoned guys. Become softer in their approach because they watched people walk away mm-hmm. with that no questioning. And they're more willing to be like, you know what? That is a tough question. But I think the breach is already so big that the people who have those questions are not even walking in to ask them anymore. Right. They're not even walking in to, and, and to Harmony's point, you could put her comment up. Uh, your girl is on, uh, your sister's <laughs> on. And she was saying that a pastor literally just gave that sermon. I'm not saying that a pastor doesn't preach. I'm not saying that we see them. And the funny thing is we sharing these memes like pastors, like, yo, y'all still talking like that? Right. The vast majority of pastors are like, come on, dude, I I, I can name one right now that's gotten he literally like rode this horse because he was sticking out because of how hard he was being about sexuality. And he's like he was doing it for attention at that point, basically. And his own bishop was like, we don't affirm this cat's preaching, da da, da da da, but apparently his people love it, whatever, whatever. I'm just saying that the tide has turned, but honestly, the culture has already pivoted. So it's like the tide has turned in the church because either a new generation has come along that operates different, or an older generation has seen what they've lost doing what they've done. But while the tide is turning in the church inside, the culture already pivoted outside. Absolutely. And just uh-huh. to just to go back real quick on what you said about
1: the don't question God and don't question, you know, don't ask these questions. We have to understand that even if they don't ask us as pastors, matter of fact, it probably would be better for them to ask us because Google is right at the tip of their hands. So they're getting the answers that went, and they might not be the correct answers. Google is dangerous. And it is, but it's, it's a lot of the people's Bible it's a lot of their, you know, it's a lot of their theology. Google, Google can tell you everything you want to tell you and they'll tell you, tell you it in 12 different ways. So it's better for us to try to answer these questions.
0: I just be like, I don't know, (laughs) but keep coming to church. (laughs) Sometimes I'm like, hey, I I don't understand. or Maybe there's somebody smarter than me or maybe God helped me. The Bible just don't touch on that. And yeah, there absolutely, is no answer. Absolutely. We talked about that today. One of my professors literally said, if the Bible is quiet, you need to shut up. Come on. If the Bible is quiet about it, you need to shut up and, and stop trying to make stuff mean stuff. And so that's a, uh, so I feel that the new generation that wants to engage more honestly is suffering from the reality of the old generation and then perceptions of a new generation outside the church. And I want to talk about that a little bit when you talked about the the cliches. I'm watching a generation of black, now say young adults like 40 and under, that are getting their information about the church from everywhere but the church.
2: Right.
0: Like their idea of church is Tyler Perry church scenes. <laughs> their idea of church is Greenleaf. Their idea of church is the memes. Their idea of church is the church of laugh. You know. Right. And I never thought I would see a time where I see and again, I know, I know everybody's not spiritual, but I I never thought I'd see a time where black people look like white people trying to act like black people. Wow. When it comes to church. But that's wow. what it's turned into, because if you're raised in church, even if you're not really into it, you just kind of have that soul in that field. You know how to fake shout. You know how to pretend like you into it and clap on beat. I've never seen so many younger black people like looking so cornbally, like Jim Carrey or an SNL skit talking about we doing church. This is da 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 And I'm like, nah, sis, nah, bruh. That is um, Play-Doh, Keebler elf-looking Disney-fied mess because it's like when you're so far removed from that place, you almost lose the soul of it. Even your right. music. You know, Black music, yeah. even in the world, used to almost sound like the soul of church. It's Al Green and Aretha Franklin, and all the way up to Black Street, all the way up to R and B. We were raised on. You could remember when every R and B artist had that one gospel track at everyone, the end. Everyone. They had that one "Thank You Jesus." Uh, <laughs> a little, a little, <laughs> I just banged all these one. chicks, but thank you Lord for giving me this gift. And they sing that one little, that little Amazing Grace line. But now I feel like by being so detached from the church, that's a part of Black culture for a lot of our young people losing a part of their souls.
2: So I think just, just like we do in education, a lot of times I think we, we focus really heavy on the stratus of, of where we at, right? So if, if we're talking about church, we have those who are in church, then we got a whole bunch of missing people right in here. And then we got like these, these ones that's like, you know, that we see in the most need and the most at risk. And it's like, we go from here, We jump way over here to try and help, you know, to focus our attention on, like I said, throwing tents up in the hood, trying to get, (laughs) trying to get some converts, trying to get some converts from Street Corner Ministries. But there is a group of people like right in here. And those are the ones who are like, you know, and this isn't an elitist thing. This is just, I'm being real. I think there's a segment of people you're not going to get no matter what. But there are people who are like, legitimately disenchanted and looking for something. They're not anti-church, they're not anti, you know, but they are searching for a deeper level of spirituality that right now the church is not hitting for them. So there's those people that's like, you know, maybe I did go to school or maybe I'm just going to work, but I'm, I'm working, I got money, you know, I'm taking care of my family and we ain't going to church. You know what I mean? And not only are we ain't going to church, but it's just not even something that's really on our radar. And I think those people are a lot of the people who are neglected when we're having these conversations. And those are the mm-hmm. people who have, you know, the, the ideologies where we're very much able to negotiate our two worlds, but nothing is speaking either way. And I think those are the people who, when we're talking about building our building our power base in our communities. Um, because the church is still a power base of of organized people and organized money, so if anything if you know those things that we always say and we want to happen, getting those people involved so that we can move those things but what what exactly does that look like' Because I think when we're having these conversations, we totally miss over those people, and I think that there's just a there's a um there's definitely a disconnect I can even say for myself outside of but but that but what draws me is social action like I can't go to a church and sit in a pew. And Black Lives Matter is happening and y'all don't say anything about it. Like I can't, Absolutely. I literally can't sit in the pew and listen to a pastor and you are not talking about that. Or, you right. know, there's real live things happening in the world as for black people. I can't sit in your pew and listen to a black pastor not talk about those things. But that's me personally. But then you have people that's like, you know, I need like a deeper level of spirituality. I need I'm, I'm, I'm looking to connect in a deeper way that even overshadows a lot of all of this stuff. Like I, I just really want to feel connected to something and I don't. So I think those are some of the conversations. That's why, that's why you see like the crystals and that's why you see like, you know, the meditation, but you know, meditation is just prayer. What's the difference? And I think once you get to, once you get to a, a, a certain level, you start to see like all of these things have such similarities. Um, but they're just not talking to each other for whatever reason. And, and I think that's the problem. So you get one hand of people that's like totally dismissing because they're looking for such a deeper level of, of connection. Like, and then you have the church that's just, I mean times I have not seen, and this is true. Like I'm seeing this from church people today. You don't need no sage. <laughs> you don't need no sage. You just need the Holy Ghost. And it's just like, okay, you're just gonna keep turning people away because what is it about? the sage i mean what's the difference between the sage and the frankincense what's the difference between you know a lot a lot of this is like traditional african culture and we woke up to knowing that we had a culture that either existed pre-christianity or existed in symbiosis with christianity and we are not about to just negotiate that and i mean just just give that up for the sake of you know because we have heard in our ear that the christianity is a white man's religion so if you have heard In the back of your mind, that Christianity is the white man's religion, and then you go to a black church, and they are not authentically black. (laughs) Right, it's a disconnect. So, um, yeah. So, examining like what 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 really is the dogma that that that's the most important, and what really are we really communicating out um, to just black people who looking who who was looking just for a really deep connection of spirituality.
0: I think preachers are at a loss, and Christians in general are at a loss because. They think, we think we're offering that deep connection and we don't know. Huh? Oh, go ahead. And we, it feels like there's this abstract idea where people are seeking something that they don't know what they want and we don't know what they want and we're not sure how to find it because what we know is worship, prayer, fellowship, hearing a message that inspires, instructs, maybe corrects, whatever, whatever and that that prayer time that by the way that spiritual person that's seeking something different if i that spiritual person who's seeking something different if they came to me right now and i said well let's pray and or they asked me to pray for them they're going to walk away or say to me to my faith i really needed that that really made me feel connected to god Da-da-da-da-da. and i think some of us are like there's this disconnect of consistency and continuance Because a part of Christian faith is that that connection is built through consistency, not through this one firework epiphany moment that, unfortunately, the church does teach because Mm -hmm. it's become so performative. And Mm -hmm. I went to the meeting one night and I got the Holy Ghost and how come you ain't got it and all that kind of stuff. And. Sometimes other religions, including our Muslim brothers and sisters and all, they teach a different devotion that I'm doing my prayers every day and I'm doing yep. this and I have these standards and I have these morals and we don't do this. We don't dress like this. We don't eat that. And sometimes that's more respected. But when the Christians have a certain lane of behavior or patterns, they're like, oh, you're just trying to trap me. Now I'm not saying everybody trying to be Muslim because I ain't, but they at least seem to be more respected because they know that those patterns are a part of their connection. And maybe it's just me and you can tell me it feels like this new era of spirituality is so abstract as to almost be just whatever somebody feels in the moment or just a cast off to say, at least I ain't nothing. I'm spiritual, but they probably really don't have a spiritual practice. And the only reason I can say I that is because most Christians don't have Christian practice. Absolutely. Right. right. They Absolutely. don't. Most pastors know that most so we know how spirituality works. It's good to talk about. It's good to label yourself with. And I feel like the spiritual crowd is the new Christian crowd. It's something they're claiming, but not really practicing.
2: You are a hundred and a hundred. If there's 110, it would be 110 because that, and that's the, that's the thing. And, but, but to me, I think that comes in the way you hit it on the head for me because People who have not been to church or don't go to church, they're they're operating on like uh, idea of what they think church is. So when you have that performative narrative and you look and you see like that, that performative thing, you think that you're supposed to be hit with like an epiphany of like uh, of like, I don't know, solace or you're supposed to have this big epiphany of whatever that that is supposed to like move you from A to B or you just you know you felt it but that's what they think you know a lot of people think it's supposed to happen in church and because that's not happening but that is what the churches look look at to provide you know what I mean or we talked about it before maybe you don't know God like I know God look I'm, I've been to church my whole life and I've never shouted I've never shouted ever that's just right. not who I am we don't but work on just, that. yeah <laughs> I feel connected I've just never shouted but I feel connected but it's that performative thing and they feel like, okay, well, what am I doing wrong? But it's the same thing with anything else. Like there is no no really grabbing spirituality without a sustained practice. That's why like when people are talking about like meditation and and crystals and sage, when people who do that for real, they do it every single day. They do it in the morning. They do it. It is a practice. It is something that's sustained. So I think part of the problem is that I say all the time there is a there's a lack of um of 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 teaching of 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 teaching um in in the church to me that that makes it realistic for people like it, there's still like a um I don't know like that 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 needs to be like expressed that this is something that's like you know, you have to like really commit. Well, I mean, I think churches do say that you have to commit, but I mean, it definitely is a, um, a performative element to it. And I think people read into like thinking that that's the experience that they're supposed to have is this performative, uh, element that they see. And it's just not, not reality, but the people who I know who do really follow like African spirituality and, you know, they that is a practice that's not something that they just say that is literally something that they do and they wake up right. and they pray and they have regiments that that's what they do um that connects them to a, a a deeper sense of like peace and calm but that's to me again what would be the difference between that and a christian just saying you know i'm gonna get in my prayer room and this is what i'm gonna do i'm gonna pray every day this is my this is my connection time i'm gonna build that connection but Because people aren't talking and people are like anti because I feel like if I do this over here, I can't possibly respect Christianity over here. Y'all doing the same things. It's the exact same thing. It's the exact same thing. But people just don't see it as such. And I see that and I see both sides being guilty of that. I see the church being guilty of that. And I see the woke folk being guilty of that. So.
0: Right. Right.
1: I mean, it's been a great conversation. I just I mean, I think what she said. It, it resonates with a lot of us because I think, you know, like you talked about the Muslims and the regiments that they have. And I think a lot of times we uh, we feel like a lot of other religions may save you from the water, but not to the boat. Gotcha. And I think oftentimes we 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 offend people by saying, well, you know, you're not in the boat, but at least you're out the water.
2: Yeah and, right. And, and right. so like you got some standards. Yeah, you, some morals, got, you got some you standards. Got, you got
1: some morals. Right, right. But you know, and and but you're obviously, in the ark, you ain't right. in the Lord yeah. <laughs> and obviously we are. You know, we are
0: well, Christ centered. Yeah, we are and That's Christians.
1: but I think I think what she's saying is by us doing that, a lot of times we miss that that second tier. is what she was talking yeah. about. You know, you, you got that first tier, and then you got those people. We you know go out into the homes and try to put our uh stuff right, have our right. church uh concerts at but i mean we we have to get to those
0: second that second tier of people well you know i've talked about this frequently that the church is always fishing in the gutter absolutely the church is always fishing in the gutter and it's not and i get it there's bib absolutely biblical you help the least of these and so we're like literally trolling for crackheads but, literally like i mean that's what they're doing they're literally trolling for kids exact- crackheads and broken people and that's why they're always setting up tents by the hood and like they're like okay you're so broke and now we see white church doing it we're offended like we weren't already doing it for 60 years <laughs> but we're forgetting that there are black professionals absolutely black coaches black, and I started telling my church like I need to preach to black intellectuals mm-hmm. I need to preach mm-hmm. to black college professors I need to preach to people and, and talk As if
1: they don't need Jesus well as if they don't, as not if, as if they don't need Jesus. Uh, I mean, if there's biblical precedents, Jesus told them, told the people who've been fishing all night, launch out into the deep. Right? <laughs> you're 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 always in the shadow. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're, sh- you're gonna you're gonna get absolutely. this shadow stuff. So we have to
0: launch. There there's. I even preached that I understand and have respect for that brother who's not a Christian. But as a father and a husband and responsible yeah. and doing the right yeah. thing, and he is yeah, really. a real man to me. And right. that the biggest, especially with men, and I'm grateful because we have a strong men's group at Second. And I say them all the time. I don't, I'm not saying I wouldn't like to have more preachers and deacons. Da, da da It's great to have help people help, but I don't need more suit wearing. Right. You know. Right. Tambourine right. playing. Right. Right. God help me. You know. I need working brothers, dirty yes. fingernail brothers. Still trying not to cuss some time, brothers. I want you to live clean. I want you to do the right thing. But it's the everyday man and the everyday woman. And, and not just, again, some broken person who's right. running to the church every Sunday for an opiate of relief for a minute, but somebody who wants to make their life in church they see the value for their children they love the connection they see the networking and yes, yes real belief i am not just trying to make the church another networking room i do want them to come to genuine faith absolutely like any other religious person would and i do wish we had that respect because the church is so automatic in background and wallpaper to the black community it's such a farce to people that those of us who are trying to be genuine This is what I really believe. Farrakhan really, truly does believe in in the prophet Muhammad and Elijah, the the messenger. He really does. And I really do believe in Jesus. Absolutely, But I don't believe it in this fanatical manner that I'm trying to sprinkle some magic Jesus potion over you. And that's going to make your life much better. And everything you've ever done is a waste. You're not a good person. You're not a good man because you don't know my Jesus like I do. Now, do I think he enhances everything and makes it? Yeah, I do. I do believe that a relationship with God can make all phases of life better. But I feel like we have to stop demeaning that in between. I literally target, and I don't mean to be funny. I literally target. I'm like looking for good brothers. I call them the fringe brothers. Like they're doing good work, but they're probably not a part of a church. Right. And they already got the ear of the kids. They're already coaching the kids. They're already working somewhere. And I'm like, yo, how can we partner up? And I even got a plan for doing some things in our church. Like some of our fellowships need to stop being church fellowships and just start being community fellowships. That's good. That anybody can come. We have brotherhood. We get 30 black brothers in a room downstairs once a month. I wanna get 60 black brothers, and I can care less if the other 30 are members of Second Baptist because there's no other meeting space. We're gonna say our little prayer, we're gonna sing our little hymn. And all we do is kick it after that. Right. We just don't talk. Do is we kick just it. Gonna talk. And so maybe my call to the black community is put up with the fact that we are still Christians. We're not going to stop being Christians. We're right. not going to stop talking about Jesus, but also look at all of the good and positive things that we have to offer our own community. Let's be honest. Our kids are not better off totally detached from church altogether. Not now. I don't believe they not, are. Not,
2: not, not, not in this day and age. So I think. So when you say that, I have a question. So 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 my question would be like even so that's definitely what 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 has to start happening. Um, I just don't know how to negotiate. I'm just I just don't know how to say it except but to be blunt about it. So say even it, it. even if there are 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 people because this is just who I am personally. Like there are certain doctrines that I'm just like no matter what. I'm just I'm just I just can't negotiate in my brain and that's okay, right? However. I still absolutely love going to church because whether, you know, it's, it's not, it's not something that pastors like to hear, but really I'm a eat the meat, throw out the bones type of person. Like if I don't understand it, I'm like, ah, I got to come back to that, but there's still more positive there than negative. So I right. get it and that's where I want to be because I, I feel the, the, um, the, the positivity in the, in the, the pouring in is, is still, a a you know, it's needed. However, how long can the church negotiate having that as part of their body? Because it feels like it would be, um, I feel like it would be like a conflict of interest. Like it sounds good, but I feel like how long would the church be able to sustain that to have people that's like, you know what, I really don't believe the way that the church (laughs) believes. Because technically, I mean can you call me a Christian if I'm not, you know. So how long can you put up with, you know, the fact that I'm going to be completely honest with the fact that I there's certain things within this doctrine that I just cannot job with. However, if it's about the work, if it's about me putting my money together, if it's about me, you know, you know, getting in here and doing it for the community, and if it's about that fellowship, I'm there. So how do you negotiate the the membership of those two organizations together because that's going to be <laughs>
0: I think there's a certain level of security that the church and the minister has to have, because here's a reality. We have lifelong members that in their hearts don't really believe some of the core doctrines of the church. They'll never say it because they know better than than to say it. (laughs) They'll never say it. But on the flip side is that person, let's say Aaliyah, comfortable with attending but never having joined or joining the religion by confession? Because most of the churches, there's, there's a confession. I'm, I'm, it doesn't matter if you're Catholic, whatever, Christian, Protestant. I'm confessing Christ as Lord and Savior, crucified, resurrected, blah, 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 blah. And I would not ask, and I wouldn't want anybody to ask the church to compromise its doctrine for more engagement with people, but would those people be comfortable if they choose to keep coming, the gospel's not gonna change.
2: Right.
0: You know, the, the the potential for activity and the community-based things that we all want to see happen might grow and should grow. But I think it would be disingenuous to ask of any religious person to abandon the core functions, I don't think you're asking that, but to abandon the core functions of what they believe uh, in the interest of black unity, for instance. So I would, man, any woman, any person can attend the church, but I'm grateful for people who are honest enough to say, you know what, membership in a church is a covenant relationship based on a confession of Christ. Mm -hmm. So actually being a member of the Christian faith, a person is welcome to attend that church where... Lots of people come to church to get what they need. And it's not necessarily exactly what the church is serving. Mm-hmm. My my cousin took my boys to uh, Ponderosa and who silly to Ponderosa, but God bless them. <laughs> and they ate like one taco, one chicken wing, and three bowls of ice cream. Because <laughs> what they really wanted was the ice cream.
1: Right, right, right.
0: That's not Ponderosa's main thing. <sighs> it's they little fake steaks and them chicken wings that don't taste the same anymore. But <laughs> That's what they wanted. So I'm willing to engage. And I think that's where mutual respect comes in. Right. Black culture has to stop expecting the black church to be anything less than a church first. Right. We're still a church first. We believe in Christ first. We preach the gospel first. And, so, and sometimes that aggravates people. They're like, Pastor, you did that session about employment and you did that thing about insurance and you've seen the post and I've seen the post in somebody's world. That should be every single Sunday morning. And I really shouldn't even crack open the Bible and I shouldn't even talk about Jesus. I should just have a new empowerment session to help black folk and do financial literacy. But I am not an empowerment guru. I'm a gospel preacher who happens to also believe in the empowerment of my people. And I understand that the black church is one of the primary means of that happening. So my question is, in the same way that you know Farrakhan is a Muslim first, Mm -hmm. can we respect a Black pastor being a Christian gospel preacher first? Mm -hmm. And that means that the majority of the church's energy is still going to go into Christianized things Mm
2: -hmm. and
0: that those other things will always be a part of what we do. I say this all the time. Many of our churches are quite democratic. So, as many folk are coming, is probably the way we're going to flow. And I've literally said, if more activist folk come, we're going to be more more active. Right. Absolutely. That's the way it's going to go. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I'm never going to stop preaching. I'm not saying anybody wants me to, but you feel that flavor. You feel that Mm -hmm. terror that people Mm kind of want to. You need to close down these churches and open schools. Negro, you won't buy a sweater (laughs) from a black vendor. And you're talking about you're going to support a school. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the fact that the black church is still the only self-sustaining entity financially that has been able to maintain itself. And yeah, it's weaker and smaller and financial hardships. But them folk, and still a small percentage of them. So all y'all think we stealing your grandmama's money? Please, your grandma ain't got enough money for us to steal. Stop it. You know that ain't happening like that. But I mean, I'm always open to engagement. And I would just, I would just like to add to it is that. You know, yes,
1: it's, it's not we're not compromising. We're not going to compromise. We won't compromise. Sin but we, is we, sin. we do believe we do believe in the power of God and in the power of Jesus. Absolutely. So I'm not going to turn my close my doors on you to allow you to come in when the power of God may just work on you while you're there. And I, I, and even if he doesn't, you don't have to you, we, you don't have to be a Christian to do the work of the community.
0: You don't have absolutely. to. You don't have to be. No, absolutely. You don't
1: have to be. You don't have to be a member of progressive to uh, organize power and and to 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 sustain um, to to get policies changed. You don't have. You can come and we can, we can still work together and and work hand in hand and and, and change in our community without you becoming a member of my church. And I think that's one of the problems is, is we're not like you said we're not we're not getting those getting these people together. That thing with you know that, right. those thirty men coming together. I mean, you don't have to be a member. Nah, come on, let's talk. Because you got some issues as a non-Christian,
0: just like I got some issues as a pastor. We all got some issues. Most of them are the same. Yeah, Absolutely. Every pastor comes with the reality that there are people outside the church who are struggling with the various beliefs and doctrines and of course, living them. Of course, living all the standards that we're supposed to live. And there are people inside the church in the same boat. I know who I'm preaching to. Absolutely. I, I'm not delusional, and which is funny because it makes me laugh when I hear that whole phony because I'm in a church full of folk talking about I'm still working on me. I'm still a work in progress. I, I got issues. That's that's I don't know where these people are who think they're perfect. Mm-hmm. I ain't mean, but that. I feel like that's just a prevailing, <laughs> you know, don't go there. They all think they're perfect. I'm like, what? Because they didn't like lay out all their sluttiness to you. Like they didn't like <laughs> like, like like is that. What's gonna convince you if I just embarrass myself and just let me just pull out some old pictures or something?
1: And well, I mean, you have to understand that they're not. I mean, do you do you not see how half the scandals go on in the church with half pastors, even though <laughs> uh,
0: different last names? We see this. We oh, we burying them. So so I mean, to the point, Leah. Uh, yeah, she's cracking up. <laughs> huh? But but uh, but. To your point, Every pastor is going to have and oh, okay, so here's a different thing. Churches do have a timeline
2: mm-hmm. and they look
0: at somebody Who's coming like, Oh, she's been coming six months. She ain't saved yet. She ain't joined yet. She don't want to be a part. She don't want to be baptized. People can't help that. Mm-hmm. I think that's a human inclination that we all have to wrestle with mm-hmm. that in any religious or belief based or philosophy philosophy based organization or endeavor, there's this idea that after so long, anybody who's hanging around is supposed to get on board like fully, fully, fully. And that's what led these poor parents to push their pe- kids down the aisle because nobody wanted to feel left out because that was the expectation. Absolutely. I think now the leash is getting longer. Yeah, that's what I think. I think the leash is getting longer. And I think in post-pandemic pastoring is going to even have to be longer. I take anybody. Ah, you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. Uh, but oh, go oh. ahead. Keep because you're an interviewer now. So you take the last 10 minutes and interview <laughs> us. I mean, because these are good questions.
2: <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I just I, again, if we're talking about like that whole like bridging like black culture and black. I just think that that's the other thing is just like you like we we can't be, you know, um, a black church and just not black. Like can't be black during just black history month. Like it Absolutely. You. you can't just throw on your dashiki on the last Sunday of black history month. And you, it's just not going to resonate. So just, I honestly think so. You, you even kind of it in with a, with a statistic to say that we have the most people who will leave, but also the most people who will end up coming back. And I think mm-hmm. that regard, because what we find out, and I think that's what we find out in that middle, that middle group is that, yeah, we'll go searching, but what's the alternative? And even like even people like it with me, it's just like, okay, in the back of my mind, I'm gonna be negotiating some of these different things that I hear, but what will be the alternative? Because we still know the that, you know, you get you can say like, you know, there as much as I love nature and as much as I can find my entire piece is being out in nature, there's still something about being around other positive people and about bringing your people family up around other in, in the atmosphere and that, that positive energy. So, but if, if the church is not kind of negotiating blackness and being black 365, I think that that's where you're going to lose a lot of, a lot of, a lot of the in between, uh, lot of the in between just because yeah. we, we just not going to come and listen to the same thing. We just really, if you're not black 365, you just not going to, you, you're not going to catch a lot of us.
0: Right. You know, one thing I would end with as we as we as we shut down is and, and, and I don't want to say her name wrong. Kim Yet or Kim Yetta. Uh, I think we have to contend in a mature way that a lot of the things you can put it up, Mike, a lot of the things that we because it's a charge against the church. We're nosy and judgmental. We're hypocrites We're this. We need to charge that to be honest. And this is just me. And you don't have to agree. Uh, I'm good for an argument. But that is a human nature. Not a Christian nature. Humans are nosy, humans are judgmental, humans are hypocrites. I often say if you believe in a perfect God, hypocrisy comes with the package. Because it just, it just is. It just does. There is always a growing in that. And that I think that's become one of the throw-offs. As if I don't scroll Facebook every day and see people who don't go to church behave in nosy, judgmental, and hypocritical, hypocritical manners, and can't wait to share the latest dip. Where's the latest scandalous video? Whose kids are bad? Who's sheisty? Who stole somebody else's man? I'm like, how about we admit that's just human behavior? And yes, we expect better out of people who claim a certain belief. But at the same time, those same people are often the first to admit that's why we're pursuing this belief is because we want to be better People and this particular faith expression is how we are pursuing that. And I, I feel like there's a place of maturity we have to get to as Black people now that we're working out the African discovery, our roots, our ancestors. You said a great thing earlier pre Christian alongside Christianity, we know Christianity was present in different forms and formats in Africa, not what we practice today. It is not the same. We might as well stop pretending. They were not having church in robes and stuff and, and hooping and hollering and walking on pews. They weren't doing that. But there was the, the belief in Christ and there were sacraments and things happening. But a maturity allows you to see all of those historically, the messy path, that all of humanity follows that black people and Christianity are interwoven with and that we have to wrestle with that for ourselves instead of just leaning on cliches so that we can always say what we're not a part of or don't believe in, but can't describe at all what we actually are a part of and do believe in like where if it helps me have morals and values, which again, I'll say it back, some of our families and our people need it. And I'm almost feeling like we're going back to a wild day where some people need the constraint of a religion. They need something, at least until they come into a greater consciousness or ideal right. of, of self. Like right. you need somebody to help you see the guidelines. Because apparently, if you haven't noticed, if you haven't seen the way kids are sharing crazy, <laughs> I mean, you got kids sharing their private parts at seven and eight years old. You Absolutely. got, you know, grandparents partying with their grandkids in, in bars. You have excusing everything no matter how destructive it is, at some point, if you haven't found a moral center outside the church, you might want to revisit and see if mess aside, you can find some morality in the church. Here, here, here's the
1: dichotomy to this whole conversation, Pastor Todd, and I love everything that Sister Leah said, but the dichotomy is we are thankful and we are grateful for people like Sister Leah and for the advice and the, Definitely. the, the which she brings to the church. But we also have another group of black people who don't want the blackness in church. They don't want the, the, the historic, they don't want to even sing the black national anthem anymore. They don't want, they, they want praise and worship and they want, you know, they want the lights and they want this. And and so us as pastors (laughs) have to, you know, have to, you know, try to, I don't know divide not even divide our time but you know try to deal with that those train of people and those who want this um black power type thing and it's it's very it's very it's very stressful it's very stressful you know and
0: I, it's mostly the younger folk it's mostly the younger folk to be honest with you who uh there's some older ones too man i i've i've got a few that I'm like did you like just get tired of black people all of a sudden <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like the black community and black church gave them everything, mm-hmm. and then they're just like, you know what? Let me try this flavor for the last five years of my life. <laughs> they hanging out with Susan and Karen, and I mean, I'm not disrespecting that, but, uh, but I, I do think that these conversations are needed, and that hopefully pastors like Jeff and I, and there are many others, there are, will keep having that conversation with the people that would respectfully be able to engage. And I like how you use that word negotiate uh, because that's what it is.
2: That yeah, doesn't I'm mean we're
0: compromising that. saints of the most high God. We're not compromising our faith. Right. We're negotiating our world in light of our faith right. and how we can connect with our world. I love it. I love it. And nobody's being asked to not be a Christian. Now, I know there's people out there that think we shouldn't be. Now I have one last question for you. I know we're over time, but this has really been good. I'm like, really, when people say white man's religion, I've come to a place that I worry that religion is the only place. And again, maybe it's just because it's rhetoric and cliche. I got black woke brothers talking about playing the white man's stock market and getting rich in the white man's (laughs) corporate ladder (laughs) and getting the white man's degrees. We'll smoke the white man's weed and drink the white man's liquor. Spent all their money at the white man's uh, casino. NBA All-Star Weekend, <laughs> bet on the white man's Super Bowl, and then say, I ain't about to believe in a white man's Jesus. That make strikes it make sense. me as hypocritical. <laughs> make it make sense. That okay. strikes me as hypocritical, because which one of these systems are not tools or have been tools of the white man's oppression? We were literally product on the white man's stock market. Absolutely. In the same way that the white version of Christianity was used to oppress so was the white financial system that benefited from it that we think we're right. about to make some ducats off of. So do you That's see a, hypocr- a hypocrisy there? Because because I do
2: not like a not like a, cap- a capitalistic. Hotep. Them, them, those are wonderful conversations with capitalistic. Hoteps, but the the reality of the situation is all perception. I said that before. So when people talk about the white man's religion, I mean, the same. Bible that they claim was used to enslave Nat Turner, used that same Bible for insurrection. So it's all in perception, right? So, in, in regardless as to, you know, um, I, I'm a, I honestly believe that majority of the people, that's just a tagline at this point. Like, at some point, this would be my advice is that Pat, like, two points I would make that. Pastor Jeff, and to you, Pastor Jeff says something where he's like, you know, we got to negotiate both of these. I will push back on that a little bit and just say, be yourself and whoever's Mm -hmm. supposed to be in your church is going to come because that's, because people who are not in the church know that, 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 that there's a, that there's that balance going on and it feels inauthentic. So my thing would just say, like, if you a pastor, that's like about you know, if you if you a Jeremiah right, be a Jeremiah right and you know you're gonna get some Absolutely. Jeremiah right folk. If you a pastor who who's more moderate, be moderate and you'll get moderate folk. But I think the problem comes in is when, you know, you you know, people and that's in general. That's what whether I'm an administration, if this is what I stand on in my school, once I start trying to negotiate between, I gotta try and make the teachers happy. I gotta try and make look, like I know that's part of management, but at the same time it's just like I'm gonna lose my vision if I keep that up too much, and I'm gonna lose the vision of 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 what I basically stand on. So right. I would I would I would just say that as far as that, and and I would again I think that there's a I think there's too much emphasis being placed on 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 the meme spreaders. Like they, I mean, I, I went to I went to Pan African Studies when I was what 18 years old. I'm I'm 40 43 years old now, so. Y'all talking to me about Frances Cress Welsing, I read that 20 years ago. You can't tell me about Frances Cress Welsing and you honestly think you saying something by saying something that Frances Cress Welsing has said. And there's been a litany of people who have nuanced what she has said and y'all still spitting yes. Frances Cress Welsing. Uh, y'all, y'all spitting like um, uh, they came before, read that like they just now coming into it and swear right. they woke and y'all regurgitating the same old 60s uh, books that that people read like Gil Scott Heron and them read before me. So I think the meme spreaders and the ones that's just like really, really aggressive, them is the ones you just got to kind of ignore because they just going to be antagonistic to be antagonistic because some of the stuff right. they say, I just look at it like you're not adding anything new to this conversation. No nuance, no new perspective. There's nothing you're saying that's going to grow anything. So if I was y'all, I would literally focus on you know, really, again, reaching out to, and I've seen a couple of the comments that's like, you know, you don't negotiate with Christ. I don't think it's really negotiating with Christ, but unless, you know, people see the Christ, in, because I think there's a lot of us in that middle ground that know God when we see it. And unless we see the God in you, like as a person, and, and I mean, it is what it is. You're just not going, you know, no. we may potentially come to church and commit. But if you never get us to even come back in the door in a real authentic way, then I mean, that's that's part of growing it. It's not it's I I think sometimes you do have to, you know, think about what it is that we say to people, because, again, I've been disenchanted, really honestly been disenchanted with with just some of the things that's just like I think the way that things are taught, like, for example, and I I don't want to go too long. I had a, my daughter had a friend, she was in kindergarten. I never can forget this little boy cried and cried and cried. And he said, uh, my bunny was dying and I prayed to God all night. My bunny ain't getting no better. And I was thinking like, Oh baby, somebody is teaching you really wrong about how God (laughs) God don't work like that, baby. But I wanted to tell him that, but he literally was like, I prayed and I prayed and I prayed about my bunny ain't getting no better. And I honestly think that that's literally where people grown people think that's how God works. And we got to, like, move the narrative to, to, to I don't know. I, I I don't have the answers. I just know how people like me think. And I, I run across people that, that really think like that little boy and his bunny because that's literally how they've been taught. And when they find out that that's not how God worked they just get mad and, and angry and move away from it because they don't feel like it's adding into their life none.
0: You know, one thing I'm hearing from Leah, uh, and and we are way over time, so Mike's about to beat us up. Uh, But our churches, and maybe me and you, Jeff, we should think more uh, critically about this. Teaching does happen, and it's it's an epidemic in the church with members. We have very shallow members who never actually show up where things are being taught because all they do is come to church where Uh songs are being sung, Preacher's gonna say a few good things for twenty minutes, and then we get excited in black and we we sing in the rest of the sermon too. <laughs> but there is a lot of realism, and I can only speak for myself and Pastor Jeff. There is a lot of realism and balance that comes when I'm just sitting on that stool on Wednesday night, absolutely, and mm-hmm. just talking through basic. I call my Bible study life builders, and I wouldn't. I'm not saying this in a compromising way, but you could take Christ out of what I was saying, and in many ways, still grow. Hopefully get some advice because we're just talking about life. And even, like I said, because there's such a breach, and that's the way I'll end, because we have breached so far, and it is largely the church's fault, and then toxic culture can have a a place in that, the reasonableness and the balance that has developed in the church is not being heard. There is more reasonable, balance critical thinking applied to scripture with the same spiritual power. We are not denying the spirit that we believe in and Jesus Christ, but we are literally saying the stuff that you're saying, y'all, we was raised taught this and I give respect to my elders, but this scripture was really kind of turned. Yes. Yes. I said that about a scripture today. The violent taken by force (laughs) is not a scripture about Christians being violent and being aggressive. It just means that, suffering as a part of life and people who hate you will use violence against you. And some Christians, martyrs, whatever, might have lived through that. But people took that and flipped it and said, I got to clap back. So I think teaching moments need to be more prominent with us and finding spaces and places of just spiritual conversation. Like, I'm not here for the toxic. Do not show up with a library like, well, what about this? You know, with some Mm -hmm. book I never read before. I'm not here to like, tell you where the dinosaurs came from and why they're not here anymore. I'm not here for yes, that. Yes, but yes. I am here to just talk out life. Like, let's just talk out life and faith and have that there conversation.
2: Is, there is something about Muslim services. Um, and I don't know about Orthodox Muslim, but I've been to quite a few Nation of Islam services. They are void of a lot of the somebody. shouting and stuff, yeah. it really is teaching. And I think that you're you're hitting a nail on the head. Like there needs to be an aspect of that and to, to basically teach and show people, you know, people like in that middle where they can really grab the meat and to temper some of the performative um, stereotypes.
0: Oh, I'm a holler. I'm gonna keep walking on pews. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going. <laughs> I did some screaming today. I, it cracks me up. Uh, <laughs> This is a religiously incorrect record. We finally outlasted Jeff because he drank he drank one and a half teas during the show. <laughs> Don't you know you're not supposed to walk in church? All right. Let's give it up for Leah for being with us. We are way over time. So Leah, you are responsible for going uh, over our preacher time. I'm you sorry. made church go too long. Sunday night service never goes this long. So not only did we start a minute late, which is super black, but we went longer than we said, which is super black. And I guess my co-host is just gone now, which is super black. So thank you so much for being with us, Leah. We appreciate you. To everybody watching, thanks for tuning in. Keep giving your uh, comments, your questions. We might have her back on and a recap some other time. But everybody have a great night. Enjoy President's Day. Y'all take care. God bless.
2: Bye.